important rules for breaking up. Don't put off breaking up when you know you want to. Prolonging the situation only makes it worse. Tell him honestly, simply, kindly, but firmly. Don't make a big production. Don't make up an elaborate story. This will help you avoid a big tear-jerking scene. If you want to date other people, say so. Be prepared for the boy to feel hurt and rejected. Even if you've gone together only a short time and haven't been too serious, there's still a feeling of rejection when someone says she prefers the company of others to your exclusive company. But if you're honest and direct and avoid making a flowery emotional speech when you break the news, the boy will respect you for your frankness and honestly, he'll appreciate the kind of straightforward manner in which you told him your decision unless he's a real jerk or a crybaby, you will remain friends! We are just 100s and thousands and we have taken control of your radio station. We rally around the podcast! Where we talk about the songs that have been deemed hot enough to be in the Triple J Hottest 100. My name is Zach Della Rocca. I'm one of the four voices you're going to be hearing <laughs> for the next hour or so. Joining me once again, Brad Wilk. I'm, <laughs> I'm so mad that you didn't make me Tom Morello. <laughs> I am so angry. You t- oh, hello. Yes, oh, that's right. The one, the, oh, the, the one guy here who can't play the that's guitar. <laughs> and of course, Mr. Tim Comerford, aka Timmy Two K. Look, I'll take it. Or Tim.com, Adam depending get on Tom. which version of the liner On notes the record, you're reading. this is I the worst that. episode we've ever done. <laughs> Tim Comerford. Tim Two K. He was literally called Tim Two K on one of the liner notes. And Tim.com. Because Comerford.com, you know, yeah. that's a thing. It make you think. Tim.com. Yeah, yeah well. <laughs> Tim.com. Tim's blonde, Nathan's blonde, you know, made that connection. You, you're handsome. Brad Wilkes handsome. <laughs> Whoa, I don't ask this about me, David. Default, default, default. How is Tom Morello the default? <laughs> this is... Let's move on. It's too hurtful. <laughs> Can you ever find it in your heart to forgive me? Maybe. We'll see how the rest of the app goes. Will All you right. survive? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> no one no. picked it up. No, I was re- just like, that was good. Yeah. No, don't worry about it. Lyric, lyric from the first song we're talking about. David, what song is that? Oh, oh okay. That be, uh, <laughs> I'm with you now. <laughs> Well, the first time you're with it now. I, I forgot we weren't all familiar with that song from the last twenty years of our lives. I have some things oh. to say about this. <laughs> Do, you? Do you? All right. Well, we we've got a returning artist, hottest one hundred royalty, mm. if you will, an artist that we all love. Yes, of course, we are talking about Frank Bennett. No, no, no. Of course, once again, we're talking about the presidents of. The United States of Frank America, and this song is called Mark Five. Bring 
presidents of the United States of America coming in at number. States. Yes. Mm. Uh, uh, number 50. <laughs> number 50 in the 1996 Hottest 100, a song called Mac 5. Mac. <laughs> Five? Five stars. <laughs> <laughs> no, this... I've mentioned before the Presidents were the first band I ever properly was consciously aware of loving, so I've got a lot of nostalgia for them. I remember this single when it first came out because it was a few years after the debut record, which I listened to the singles of extensively. And then I remember picking up the mini CD cases, the singles that were quite like mm. half, the, half the width of a regular jewel case. Oh, in the um, single section the in, single, your, yeah, in your yeah. local record shop. I remember getting the single of Mark V. I, oh. Yeah, yeah. I remember the cover of it very vividly. It was um, like a kid on a little tricycle drawing with some Japanese characters. Um, nice. And you, I, I, oh, I, you know what the Japanese characters uh, actually spell out? I do not. I do not speak Japanese. Boom. Oh, nice. Good, <laughs> Great. Good, are, you, good. are you kidding? No. It's B-U-O-O-O-N. <laughs> Great. This is like, like, a, the equivalent. like the sound of a, mo- a, a, a motor engine. The sound of, a, yeah. of an engine. <laughs> or a, a speed racer. Here comes speed racer. Yeah. It is yes. a speed racer. Well, yeah. it depends. There's a lot of there's a lot of talk on the net about that because Mach 5 is the name of Speed Racer's car. But mm-hmm. it's not blue. <laughs> it ain't blue. It ain't blue. Blue on the outside, not creamy on the interior. But it's definitely a speed racer. Look, reference. as someone who is colorblind, I feel like <laughs> I don't know what you're trying to say there. <laughs> if you make a mistake, it's just void. Is that is that what you're Car- Well, I guess as a colorblind person, you see the world in grayscale, as is the commonly commonly, <laughs> commonly understood definition of colorblindness. So yeah, yeah like a okay. dog. Like a yeah. Good, like a yeah, that's good, me. Like a good boy. I just think it's like classic. Um, that that fact is just like classic presidents, where it's it's about a thing, but it's not about the yeah, thing in the yeah. way that you expect, which is just a, the way they write, really. Yeah, hundred yeah, yeah, percent. Yeah. And like their stripped back sound that like, of the like the the bass and the bass guitar, um, which they abandoned soon after these kind of songs, but here it's still in full force, and like they still managed to get a good kind of grungy chunk out of it like with the put the hammer down section like they really do they work that like the overdriven amplifier, uh, amplifier effect there the, their energy is so counter to like grunge's lethargy seriousness and like also like brute pop's irony like they're just in this realm where they just like what they're doing is it's ironic 100% and it's just but it's just fun for the pure fuck of it I put them it's in so a, irreverent it's so yeah. irreverent I put them in a similar realm or well, they sound that similar but in compositional ideas similar to Cake another band I yep. definitely deeply adore yeah that kind of like don't feel at home in any real musical classification despite the fact that the music is relatively straightforward pop rock but mm. the approach to it is quite unique and like here this is obviously not at the caliber of the first record's peaks of like your dune buggy and um Lump, kitty and peaches, peaches. yeah perfect songs but it's still i i really love this track the fact that it was quite popular yeah, i think is very good i think it's writing a little bit off the fact that they were a popular band before this like yeah was, yeah was like Pe- peaches and kitty were obviously huge singles but this i think oh yeah it's too much fun i got a lot of pleasure out of this song and the fact that they do then i guess muck five doesn't mean anything outside of speed racer's car <laughs> and then they just purposefully misdescribe the car <laughs> like because it's not at all blue mm. with that, that kind of interior that's not what speed racer's car looks like yeah i only tangentially know about speed racer and i know that's not what the car's like, <laughs> like yeah, yeah, yeah. it's yeah it's just like uh, this is a lot of fun i'm always happy to talk about these guys and i'm really happy that this song got in here because i remember loving this when it came out and then also loving it when i saw them live a few years ago but i didn't mm. know this this was an acceptedly popular song i just thought this was like oh the first well, album's good enough. no one likes anything yeah. else yeah midpoint yeah but it's also not about riding in a car. No. It's about, <laughs> it describes someone in their backyard 
smashing matchbox cars with a hammer yeah. and then seeing this car and being like, it's too beautiful. It's I can't bring myself to smash it. Yeah. And then somehow he gets in it and drives that around. And, which we'll, is, which and it's too beautiful. So That's he's always going to survive. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah exactly. The it's, motherfucker can't keep his hands to himself, can he? If it's not a cat, it's cars in the backyard. God damn. Just like, thank, thank God he's not like the weird crossover. <laughs> he's smashing, smashing up cats in the backyard. <laughs> 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 A very different song. It would yeah, be a very does. different song. Not a very good <laughs> message for the kids. You know what? Something I love about this is this album. As you said, it came off the second album, uh, which was just called Two, and it was actually released on Election Day. Um, nice. It was, yeah, Election Day. Because you always see rock bands like trying to remind people to get out there and vote. Like, what better thing could you possibly <laughs> do than be a band called Presidents of the USA? Because it's going to be that guy going to the record store and picking up the album and going like, there's something else so, I had to uh, do today. Yeah. Oh. Holy <laughs> shit. Got to get Clinton back in office. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I, um, I remember very vividly, I don't know if Ray still do this, but they occasionally part of the late night set list that would have like a, just a live set I remember staying up really late it must have been like 3 in the morning or something and I taped on on VHS a live set that the presidents played um, in South Dakota right in front of Mount Rushmore they played this live set that's so b- cool. between the release of the first two records and they that's played this so song cool. on that and it's just like yeah I have a huge yeah. amount of nostalgia for these guys Damn, so the goggles nice. are blinding me a little bit <laughs> they, the goggles do something the um, goggles do everything. you know I like a lot of people don't go in for much stuff by Pusa after the first album but they just double down so well on all those core elements of what makes a president's song. Like those mm-hmm. pop hooks are amazing. And then you have all those really weird moments that take you out of it with the spoken word and the like, mm. and this mm-hmm. weird kind of character that they have of being fixated on things and, and touching things and experiencing things. And, yeah, and it's yeah. just great. Like they just, they nail this type of song so well. There's a, a really fun naivety to the way that they wrote. Like, yeah, really yeah. Not, I, I understand that like when they broke up a couple of years ago, they've broken up a few times, but this seems mm. to be a pretty permanent one. And they were saying that the, like oh, one of the reasons like they're like oh we're old men now we've got to get like we've got to get serious about this and like that, there's a, obviously a sadness to that but um I get why it'd be weird to be writing these kind of songs as an old man it makes yeah. it like if you're like not that they were like young men in their 20s but they're still men like, adults mm. who voted um, <laughs> yeah. and reminded others to yeah, vote and reminded others to vote but like I understand why my young mind was attracted to this band like mm. there's a real a usefulness but not not in a jokey way that you're like like comedy rock a lot like it isn't comedy rock or anything like that it's just like they're right from this point of view of innocence and like yeah yeah it's silly and just like it's it's pure yeah well you know who doubled down on that mr balu chris balu chris balu vocalist and bald man indeed he (laughs) i learned uh went on from presence united States to form a project called casper baby pants huh this is children's music. Oh, really? Straight that makes a lot of out, sense. I can see that. Straight yeah. out children's music. Um, he plays a three-string acoustic guitar when he performs he, their songs. Doubling down with the, with the bass guitar. Exactly. Bass. And you know what? I've listened to a couple of Casper Baby Pants songs. How do they sound? They sound like slightly more infantile. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's just such a natural progression. Yeah. Like, I, I highly recommend Stompy the Bear. Here comes Stompy the Bear. Uh huh. Um, Great. So he's also more moles. More moles is all. And there's one about a crab. Um, I feel good, but you feel funky. Hey, hey, pretty crabby. So he's not having a laugh. Like it is music intended for young children. It's it's music for babies. Yeah, Um, nice, cool. But it's it's really good music for babies. And it's like (laughs) listening to it. It's like this is like I get that it's for kids, but it's it's also for (laughs) United States (laughs) of America fans. 
It's also for presidents in most of America when you're Trump the baby, am I right? <laughs> oh, Chapo Trump house now. Ew. But also, all of, you know, a lot of the people who... Fucking Gossima Biyushi. <laughs> a lot of the people it. who He's were done. into the presidents done. <laughs> in the mid-90s are yeah. having kids now. Yeah. And, and have young kids. And so it totally... You know, not to be cynical, like it's a business decision, but like it's a good as if decision. those people wouldn't want to be able to share with their kids this kind of music. And if it's pitched more Definitely. directly to them, it's like, nice. That's and I, and just, I don't this think, is great. I don't think and Chris then I, did it because he was like, oh, I, you know, I need to do something. I write kids music. Or the Wiggles have earned how much money? I yeah, that, I don't think I like that. that somewhere there's potentially uh, a, a young teenager. She's Googling online and she's like, holy shit. Did you know Casper Bay Pants was in a different band? And like her friend's like, what do you mean? It's like, they're called the Presidents of the USA. That's a weird name for a band. They're fucking good. Check out the first record. <laughs> Super serious compared to Casper Baby Pants. It's quite somber. Yeah. <laughs> it's really quite political, as, as the band name would suggest. <laughs> I I'm, anyone... thinking, I'm thinking the same thing would have happened to They Might Be Giants. It's just like, wait, they make grown-up music too? <laughs> <laughs> I've just been listening to Here Come the ABCs and Here Come the One, Two, Threes. Dr. Worm on yeah. repeat. And it's yeah. like oh, what a classic. It is a damn super. Soon. Yeah. Soon. I don't want to put words in your mouth, David, but I like this song very much. I'm David James Young. <laughs> Am I spot on? <laughs> of course it's great. Yes. Of course it's great. It's silly and it's fun and catchy and it's making me do these ones. Like yeah, 100% of, these of those ones. ones. Which you can't see because mm. mm. it's not a visual. I believe medium. Alec Baldwin calls that the power wag in uh, yeah. Yeah, 30 Rock. Nice. <laughs> we could post some additional content later for the yeah. Soak med. It's a boomerang of me doing this. Yeah. And good. then just a dancing baby Jesus. <laughs> this is why we need Instagram, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Just content. Primo content. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Lucas with the lid off told us to, to catch the vibes, but uh, we're about to encounter a group that are telling us differently. This is a group called Definition of Sound. They've come in at number 49 in the 1996 Hottest 100, and they want us to pass the vibes. Pass the vibes on and take it easy. Just flow, baby, just flow. of sound number 49 pass the vibes definition of something mm-hmm. <laughs> pass the something uh, sounds like my bitch of an ex-wife <laughs> the old ball and chain but text of my ex in Paris just sends back an mp3 of pass the vibes <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck have you done <laughs> 
I really feel like we're not going to end up talking about the song very much. <laughs> no, let's. It deserves to be talked about. As does every song. Adam no, Buncher. Yeah. Talked about, not to. <laughs> yeah. yeah, okay, well. What you like, got, buddy? The band used to be called Top Billin. That's a much better name. But, yeah. Sorry, Top Billing? Or? Top Billin. It doesn't have a G. But, but a good idea oh. to change it. Top, top. <laughs> yeah, maybe they were forced to because it's just like false yeah. advertising. <laughs> Definition of sound, though. Like, why, you may, why would you ever choose that as a band name? That's why would you good. ever say... We are definition like so. There's that just to, to start with. <laughs> Something that is really interesting with this song is that there is a a great place to do prep for a podcast when you talk about music is YouTube comments. Mm. It's just a oh, really it's beautiful. Oh, it's a forest I, I, of joy. I have yeah. I have YouTube comment sections disabled on a Chrome extension. Uh, ah, oh god, it makes it so much better. Yeah, I'm just like, you, do you worry about what sometimes you're when out? you accidentally scroll down and you just see oh fuck all Muslims. It's like oh great, why am I seeing this on a regurgitated video? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My favorite is the someone has a, a very inoffensive and, and inauspicious comment. Like, yeah. I really love this song. I haven't heard it for years. But then it's like, you know, show 50 comments. But then the most recent one is something is like, here's why autism is related to vaccines. And, blah, blah. and you're just like, how did it get? I'm not going to click the show 50 no, comments, but how no. did it possibly it's real, get to um, the time? Yeah. the scotch, that escalated quickly. But one thing that the YouTube comments for this particular track we're talking about a lot is the song by the zombies, Time of the Season. They're saying it's just, it's just that. <laughs> I can see the melody. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have made the connection myself. I'm, no. I'm, I'm not a big zombies. And I don't think there's a yes, sample. Yes, in, in, there, in the sense that a lot of artists, particularly dance artists at this point, are sampling and riffing on other things as well. Like I don't think is that's it actually a, a sample? It's probably not a sample, but oh. I think that's you know, like there's a I'm intertextuality gonna, at play here with artists like this. Yeah, you know, not yeah. that. Yeah, it's it, it boggles my mind that there is a group of people that spent time and effort on this. Exactly, but it boggles yeah. my mind that enough people got down with it to put it in the top half. This beat everything that we've spoken about so far. That's the way we're doing this podcast. It's just, <laughs> like fun fact, listeners. That's how countdowns work. That's, it's actually that's why it's a countdown because you go down in numbers. That's, that's where they get the name of countdown. It takes that kind of like that sound that I, I have a bit of affinity for, like the screaming, like a KLF E yeah, acid yeah. house rock, mm. yeah. and makes yeah, it yeah, like. Yeah. The, what I thought of was, it, I, I feel like it should have accompanied like an elevator I, trip. I thought a slow motion like drunken night out montage from like EastEnders, like a show that wouldn't usually have <laughs> a, a, a really normally yeah. middle of the road safe show, like edgy pick. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. It's that's a what couple I of black musicians doing yeah. like yeah. weird dance. Some people music. like cheersing martinis in like oversaturated slow motion, <laughs> like in, in, in a nightclub. I mean, them staggering down the street together because they're back home. Like, oh, we're off with the boys, but we've got to back home to the missus. And this is the song that's playing in my head. And, 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 and surprisingly, I don't like that kind of song. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. So I'll, I'll just take a bit of time aside here to talk about who Definition of Sound actually are. Because um, I'm sure we'll be hearing many more songs from them over the coming season. From DOS. Absolutely. But Kevin Clark and Don Weeks are the main kind of guys, but they brought in some other dudes to work with being uh, Mike Spencer, who actually has, you know, we love doing this. He's gone on to produce quite a few. The name is Bella. I... No, I think you, you, I mean, you might be thinking of Mike Skinner. <laughs> I wish I was. And yeah. Richard Spencer. <laughs> Richard Spencer. Yeah. 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 
I mean, no, he's produced like heaps and heaps of mainstream pop acts like Emily Sunday, Rudimental, Newton Faulkner, mm. Ellie Goulding. Like, if you're a UK mainstream pop act, you probably worked, worked with this dude to some extent. And the other you dude. You probably bump into him and he's grabbed his shoulders and be like, I used to be a definition of sound. Did <laughs> <laughs> you the imagine? O- <laughs> the other dude is a guy called Rex. Bra, but he's also known as the Red King, nice. and I don't know precisely why. Nice. That's a, that's Rex Bra is a good enough name that you don't that need to do the Red King. That, 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 that's very um like True Detective. It sounds like the kind of nickname that you'd give yourself, and definitely yeah. no one else would call you. Uh, he was part of Bomb the Bass, oh, which we've talked about yeah. before. I don't have a lot more to say about no. this song. This some of the, the some he, of the opening lyrics are very now bad. Floyd had no plans to steal himself a new ride, but Simone lived on the other side of town it had been a week since she defined her sound yeah oh, pretty... get it like the name of the band <laughs> roll credits fuck you. that's particularly <laughs> odious yeah fuck you in the face. things you should never ever do no ever oh, it's just so shit it's bad it, it's, the whole song never, is, is is incredibly so boring shit. and yeah. i don't it's one of the worst we talk about in a while oh for I think. sure but not even like out like i it's not egregious i can't awful. get angry just, about it because i just i'm so like bored <laughs> You know, I, I part just, of me was like, past the vibes, is this a drug reference? But I couldn't even, you know, no. I couldn't get it up to get angry about it. <laughs> and also, like, in terms of what the song is actually about, like, what, what happens in the end? Because he's got this girl, Simone, who we're understanding that he's, like, kind of seeing, but he can't be fucked kind of going to drive over to her place or whatever. Yeah. And also she's sad. That comes up somewhere or other. And then he meets this other girl, and she's like, yo, I'm actually Simone's sister. Yeah, my name is Mona. Yeah. Simone is my sister. I've been sent to prevent you from seeing her. Right, don't say a word, hold my hand and walk on. If you take it easy, we'll pass the vibes on. What does that mean? What? What does is, that mean? Is he going to fuck the sister? Yeah, classic, yeah like, that's that a big it? sister move. Like, you shouldn't hang out with her. I'm going to give you a handy and then, like, <laughs> we're fucking off. Classic, cl- classic <laughs> definition of sound bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> typical, just typical of that. Typical them. definition of sound. That's how that is. <laughs> this episode ends. <laughs> like, but um, the thing is, I can see genre devotees of this kind of music mm. being like this is an alright song but I can't see anybody loving it no, but no. enough people did to get mm. it into the top half That's, that is wild it's stuff bizarre. yeah, it's, yeah. It, to think about it being in the countdown to the position that it is is yeah. baffling <laughs> baffling baffling I'm baffling like imagine this coming on the radio and smiling like oh. <laughs> Imagine, Imagine everyone at the hearing party. this start and be like, oh, it's this song. Everyone at the party going like, fuck yeah, they got up. Yeah. Fucking yeah. go the boys. It comes on, I haven't heard this. Dude, dude, shut up. Turn the barbecue down. You'll love it. <laughs> Turn the barbecue. <laughs> barbecue is <laughs> too loud. Classic definition of sound fan. <laughs> Think about it. Hates barbecues. <laughs> Turn the barbecue off. It's business. too loud. I can hear the grilling. <laughs> it, it interrupts from the, the subtleties of past the vibes. Oh, my God. Past the snacks. Past the past snacks. The snacks. Definition I'm of sure snags. like Fitzy and Whipper could do a really like oh, yes. sort of drongo version of this. Get around the boys. You know? Yeah. I, I looked up time of the season on who sampled... And uh, I can confirm that Past the Vibes is on the list. No, no okay. it is a sample. So good work, YouTube comments. Yeah. Not often you get to say that. Other songs that have sampled Time of the Season include Rich Like Me by Yellow Wolf. You told me to look. Yeah, that's amazing. Whatever. Where is the brilliance? Now. Who's Your Daddy by Necro? Yo, it's Necro, the sex assist, the porn king. Show me your breast says I'm the best of it. Uh, Rolling Stone, which is Schoolboy Q, Kendrick Lamar, Absol, and J Rock. And a song called Rhymal Reason by Eminem. Marshall. I don't have one. 
deuce like the Komodo dragon. From uh, the uh, Marshall Mathers LP 2, I believe. Uh-huh. You know, that very, that very famous and successful sequel. <laughs> Rap God was an okay song. Because I know the way to get him motivated, I make a living. It was. And then you're just like, oh, you're just saying things real fast, right? It's like when you That's realize that it's like virtuoso what? guitarists just aren't <laughs> yeah. that good like at making anything memorable. They just go... That was a good analysis of rap from like my mum. She actually likes some very good rap. Um, <laughs> listen to this podcast. Hi, mum. Does she really? Uh, yeah, she loves it. Aww. Oh, right on. Yeah. That's so sick. Oh, yeah. yeah, she'll get a kick out here in this bit. Love you. <laughs> <laughs> Love Hearing about you giving hand jobs to yeah. sisters. <laughs> well, that's, that'll be ended yeah, now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, <laughs> thanks, producer. Um, but it's a good definition of sounds. Plato's like. You know what I'm fucking saying? Old people don't like rap music and just want to talk quickly. Let's fucking move on. Hi, Andrew's mum, in conclusion. <laughs> and number 48, this is not a surf with a popular. with the song called Popular. Um, I was thinking about this recently. I was thinking about the idea of people, or bands rather, bands and artists having signature songs, best known songs, etc. I've started thinking about them now, just especially songs from like the 90s as the Bought Me A House song. (laughs) (laughs) Bic Ronga uh, recently did an interview about the uh, legacy of her song Sway, which uh, turned 20 this year, and uh, was talking about, yeah, like she still doesn't have a problem playing it because she knows how much it means to people. And because of that song, she was able to quit her job and play music full time and like put down a fucking mortgage on a house and shit. You can't fucking fault that. No, <laughs> You're no. just like, yeah. God damn, no, all right. Yeah. That song bought you a house. In the case of one Bobby McFerrin, <laughs> Uh, who you guys might know as the man behind Don't Worry, Be Happy. Don't worry, be happy now. It bought him an island. Never had to work another goddamn day in his life. And that, that song seems is... so suitable for the song. Yeah, too. exactly. Yes. That, and that song's like 35 years old now, and he's fucking still going to this day. Yeah. Nada Surf, for 
all of the work that they put in in the 90s and all the touring that they did and everything that kind of went on with this band, they lived and died by this song. Mm. I think they're still together. I think they still play shows and stuff like that. And they always play this goddamn song. And you can imagine them, you know, probably in the back of their head being like, fuck again. But then they just think, what is the house? And the fact that it is, is so, so peculiar to me. Not because mm. I think it's a bad song. I think, I think it's a really interesting song. But the fact that in some cases it barely qualifies as a song. Like, just with these weird, like, spoken word rants going on in the middle of the song. Like, in place of an actual verse or anything like that. Like, the fact that this was a hit on the radio. The fact that, you know, people really got behind this song. The fact that it had, like, a... A video that got played on MTV over and over it and It even over. beat Definition of Sound. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, I, I, I'm just fascinated that it was such a prominent hit and, like, is still remembered as, like, one of the big alt-rock songs mm. of the 90s that people come back to. It's quite Weezer-y, I think. Yeah. yeah, I yeah and yeah, Weezer, yeah. Weezer was just becoming a thing around this mm-hmm. time as well. Think of um the, the bit where all the all the people at the party are talking at the start of Undone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And to, to make that the verse, yeah. that's what this song is. Yeah, it's kind of an interesting call. <laughs> but I, th- I think it's really, when you were saying like they, they're still a band and they still perform the, this live, and I th- that makes perfect sense, and of course they would on one hand. <laughs> but on the other hand, I go, that would be weird. To it have be- like 45-year-old dudes... Singing this? This like, is bizarre. such a contextual song. Yeah. This song it's... is perfect for the time when it was released. And I think it's a really, really strong example of basically the, the end logical conclusion of the, you know, the alt rock irony mm. and the yeah. tropes of high school. Like this is as far as you can go. This is that turned up to a level. Seeing that as a, like an as an old man is weird and two old men. Yeah. It is yeah. That's, it's that's like when, when I saw the offspring a few years ago and seeing like a chubby old man Dexter now a doctor Dexter Holland mm. yeah. congratulations, mm-hmm. congratulations. Yeah, yeah, I saw that, that. Dexter, yeah. Yeah. he's been keeping them separated that's yeah. what he's been doing yeah. but like to see him chubby doctor Dexter Holland saying I may be dumb I'm not a dweeb Everybody's self-esteem is rough, and yeah. this is even rougher. To see as an adult. <laughs> I wonder whether yeah, there's yeah. something yeah. that Matt, would happen. Matt though. from Nutter Surf was 28 when this song came out. Even that, so I'm he's 49 years old. I'm pushing 50. Yeah, that's rough to say. Like, yeah, turns, yeah, honestly, he turns 50 in August. If that, I if I wrote this song and showed you guys, guys, check out this song I've got. These like, lyrics are being bullied like, in high school. Yeah. To but, to his credit, though, in the twenty eight year old thing, like when he speaks, he speaks in the voice and the persona of a teenager immaculately well, and I don't doubt it, and I buy it. No, no, yeah. Exactly. And there is yeah, a market in the mid nineties for twenty eight year old men to be writing songs like this. Like Absolutely. this works. Yeah, you yeah know? it does. Yeah. Like that kind of nineties alt rock thing. It's all dudes around this age, and they're all speaking to sixteen year old boys in high school. Like, yeah. Can I say that I really really like it yeah I you really, can i really like that's this. the whole point of the podcast I think, <laughs> like just take away the concept for just a second and let's just have a look at musically i think the guitar riff and tone is very reminiscent of sonic youth mm, um and yeah. i really enjoy that mm-hmm. i think the the fact that it gets so heavy i think weezer is a great comparison for the chorus the chorus hook is really really cool um the tone that they managed to strike where it's kind of like so earnest but you can't that you can't help but take it to the furthest extent of irony is really great. Like I think that's really nicely handled. Mm. Like I, I just think there's a lot to to love about it. And also he's the way he, as a persona he manages to embody the really a really complicated place in terms of writing where it's like mm. the quotes that he's bringing out are from an actual um it's a book. Um, oh. called Penny's Guide to Teenage Charm and Popularity. Oh. Really? Yeah, it's actually from a book. He's quoting from a book. 
Um, and it was written by a television not the, actor. Not the choruses, I assume. No, no, the chorus yeah, is yeah. written. Yeah. Um, yeah, bad book. But all the yeah, it's I'm, I'm a quarterback. That's a I'm popular. Book. Yeah. <laughs> My mom says I'm a catch. I'm popular. <laughs> Chapter three. <laughs> I am a popular. <laughs> but it was written by a television actress called Call Gloria Winters. In case anyone wants to track that down, I don't. <laughs> you basically have a. But I think of it I, I think what what you're kind of talking about is yep. is right. I I I, I kind of struggled like finding the right reading of this and i i think i got to a place that i like and i like this song because it's not a dismissal of the the sorts of people the song is about i just tire of that it was very big in in the 90s that kind of i'm so cool because i'm not actually cool and i'm gonna dick on the people that are popular and dismiss their lives as worthless and vapid and uninteresting because i think Mm. that's just like that's boring and i don't know it's weird because i I feel like and i hope that we've moved on from that in terms of that sort of commentary around high school structures. Yeah. In the 90s, very much not so. And I think unpopular opinion time, I don't love Daria. And one of the reasons I don't love it is because right, of that well, tone. I'm yeah, I know. Glad that, I'm glad we got this far. This is the end of the podcast. Uh, look, thanks so much for tuning in. We really appreciate your support. I'm so sorry to had to end so bluntly. Go on. You dislike Daria because you think it's too oh, I just think to... it, like, at, at times, not always. Yeah. A lot, a lot of Dar- Daria is really good, but I think there's a few points where it's just... I get it. You're the trendy person for not being cool yeah. and people that are popular are shit. You know, at a certain point, I'm like, can yeah. we can we have fewer songs that, like, just shit on girls for yeah. doing what they feel like they need to do in a school system that only validates girls if they're pretty and dating Because you know what I think it is? I really read that he's reading from this book and he is the guy who's just been broken up with and he's just kind of like, he just doesn't fit in. He doesn't know what he is. He's not offering an alternative to the cool people. He just knows that he isn't one and yeah. he's kind of sitting in that uncomfortability. And it's not a judgment on them. That's it, that's it. Like, no, I, 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 yeah. yeah. I think you're right. So, like, f- while it may seem simple and really tropey, it, and in the same way that it's that turned up to 11, it almost breaks through the barrier and gets to a place of really interesting truth. I think so. And I think that's what I get from it as well. Yeah, yeah that's really... The, the bit where, yeah. like, I, I, I love the quote-unquote verse where it's like, we should have a one-month limit on going steady. Like, that, that stuff is really good because yeah. it's not kind of saying these people are shit. It's just, like, kind of engaging with that world in a really weird and ironic way, and, and I, I like that. And potentially I've just, like, way overthought it and I'm circling and haven't made it very well laid out no, point you, man. um but yeah there's there's something about all that that i think i like i definitely hear that these guys were bullied heaps yeah like, i'm a quarterback i'm popular like that kind of thing like i understand like I, I, from what i can infer I'm, I'm trying like, to not look at that in the hopes yeah. that it has more value without those things and so yeah potentially it's just actually like i, I know that american schools are a bit like a lot more built around this kind of thing and like whilst like nathan you and I can attest to not being the most popular people in high school. Um, Thanks, Andrew. <laughs> I, I'd been working so hard at cultivating this thing where I was... A quarterback. A quarterback. <laughs> but, like, I remember having some negative experiences in school as a nerd, but I don't remember being extensively bullied to the point where I'm like, I'm going to write a song about this yeah, when I'm geez. a 28-year-old. And now I haven't as a 28-year-old. But then there's also that thing where, like, whether or not they were bullied, the fact that they were, were rewarded for writing this song is just kind of weird. Like, they're cashing in on a market that is just, oh, it's all yeah, icky. I, I th- like, the choruses sound good. I think the song sounds good. It but sounds I, really good. I, but I can't help but have an arm's length. If this song was a dude, I would want to hang out with that dude. No. Like, if it was a dude, I'd be like, you're just like, that's, that's, it's very funny and clever what you've done. And it's all a big joke <laughs> in that song, right? Right. And I'm not going to let him reply because I know the answer is, is that he is, he's carrying some scars. <laughs> yeah. 
I don't know. Seen some shit, man. Yeah. So this album was their debut. It was called High Low. Came out in '96, and they have made one, two, three, four, five, six, seven records since then, including a record called "You Know Who You Are," which came out in the Year of Our Lord 2016. Wow. <laughs> have you heard any Bits of those and pieces? Other albums? Not not heaps. Um, I actually had their their record uh, uh from last year recommended to me, but. Uh, it fell on the pile, and that pile kept going, and I am still working through it. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine it ever rises to the top of that pile. <laughs> yeah. I, I never sat down and was just like, yeah, not a surf today, which mm. is sad, because maybe I should have given them more of a chance. Maybe. Maybe, it, maybe we all should have given them more of a chance. Maybe they wouldn't have written this song if people <laughs> gave them more <laughs> of a chance. Maybe, maybe they could have been a bit more popular. <laughs> Roll credits. <laughs> It's the return of Pearl Jam at number 47. This is Hail, comma, Hail. Hail! This is Hail! <laughs> at number 47 with Hail Hail Caesar. Wait, no, no, sorry. We already <laughs> talked about Hail Caesar. <laughs> Can we briefly explain that mm. what has kind of gone on since we talked about Hail Caesar? We had, we're it's on the record, like, isn't it, on the episode? Where yeah. my, my groundbreaking <laughs> revelation that ACDC actually stands for Hail Caesar does Caesar. <laughs> And since then, we've been we've been ailing ever since. We've been ailing, ailing all the diseases, ailing all the diseases you meet. Andrew, have you ever thought about crafting a beer (laughs) (laughs) and calling it ale season? I have now. We're talking about a different kind of hailing. Uh, It's a double Mm. hail, hail storm. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ! (laughs) Adam had the correct response to that. He was not impressed. I was initially, but then I thought about it as well. You were like, that sounded like a joke. I guess I can wait. No. <laughs> so this is another another song off the Pearl Jam album, No Code, which we've talked yes. quite a lot mm. about. And, yes. and it coming at a weird time for Pearl Jam, both in terms of them as a band, but also externally in terms of grunge doesn't mean anything anymore or whatever. Mm. This is a song that I find it kind of hard to be objective about. I have very, very clear memories of singing this during high school and nice. feeling a lot of feelings, yeah. you know, yeah. about yeah. the other people that are in love or what. I don't know, yeah. I, whatever. Because But you were so cool in high school. I'd, so cool, yeah. yeah. I was never you have cool no idea cool. how cool I was, Adam. Um, but I think as far as this era of Pearl Jam goes, it's like this is a pretty good, solid rock Pearl Jam song. Is this the third time we've talked about them this season? Maybe, yeah. So, yeah, because we so had the, the cover, the, the cover uh-huh. and we, then and then there was the one that Stone. Eddie, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, that yeah. Stone uh, sang on on the radio. Mankind, 
Yeah. Yep. Good one. So this <laughs> is this is the more stock standard Pearl Jam song in a lot of ways, and I think in some respects that's good. That's a you know bit of a return to form. I quite like Eddie's kind of. There's a fragility and vulnerability to his vocals in parts, and and that comes mm. through them being mixed down a little bit. There's also it's not quite slurring, but his it doesn't have the bite that his vocals often have, and I think that's really cool mm. because I think the rest of the band balances that really really well like the rhythm section particularly the drums are fantastic at just sort of Mm -hmm. setting up that juxtaposition between this really kind of punchy rock song and then what he's doing which is a little bit more yeah fragile or something and i I really like that i think the lyrics are kind of good and Mm. yeah Yeah, they are kind of good they're they're kind of really they're really kind of good yeah like hell hell the lucky ones i refer to those in love is really Nice. Yeah. Like, there's something about the tone of that writing. Yeah, that's it. Like, and you know what I mean? It's, it's bitter, it's, but it's not self. It's no, that's self. Yeah, it's, it's, not it's not the same kind of thing as not a surf. No, it's, way different. Yeah, and it's so like, good for you. You can, you know, you've got that. But yeah, sh- I, man, this song is kind of written from the perspective of within a relationship, and I think that makes a bit of a difference in terms of that attitude towards other people. But a relationship that's not working, and so there's a lot of Such you know, am I ever going to be enough for you? We're not going to make this work. I like it's. I just I kind of like this song. Again, it's hard I like to, this song. I yeah, really, cool. I really get like, down uh, on this. Like, I, I think it, it was funny after a few songs that we've had of Pearl Jam, and like I've said so frequently that it's not even worth mentioning how interested I am in seeing Grunge's evolution mm. post uh, Nirvana and seeing Pearl Jam deal with that and explore different kinds of music in their own way. But like having this song, which is for all intents and purposes, a pretty stock standard sounding Pearl Jam song. It rules. Like, yeah. I was like, oh, right, Pearl Jam rock hard. They kick ass. And, like, Eddie Vedder is a sick singer. It sounds like masculine-driven rock music, and mm. Eddie's voice is so much of that. And, like, you know, he doesn't often have that warbly tone that he has here. Like, he's really doing What he that does is so good, though. It's yeah. sick. Like, when rock is done well, the masculinity is a force of power and enjoyment, not a force of alienation and misogyny. Mm. Um, but this does it really well. It, I didn't know this song. Maybe other people here know the album better than, or whatever and are familiar with it. But this fucking rules. I had heaps. This is a jam. Like, yeah, nice. The thing I thought when I listened to this song is like, how easy is it for Pearl Jam to be your favourite band? Like, if yeah, you I were around in it, the eh? 90s, how easy would it be for Pearl Jam just to... Because this is like, as a single, was not even released in its major markets. It was exclusive to Australia, Canada, Japan, and Europe. Those Didn't it wasn't even released. <laughs> <laughs> for people in America, this is a B-side. And like, as a B-side... It's this good. And I mean, like, it's on the best of. And the way that they, you oh, know, right. the, the bootleg community Weave and... and yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah. And the, just the interest around Eddie Vedder as a personality. Like, it, being a Pearl Jam fan rewards you further than just them being a band that produces good music. There is, I think, if you were a fan of Pearl Jam at that time, that you'd just be rewarded and rewarded and rewarded mm. for, for that. Part of the story of me doing this podcast has been being exposed to Pearl Jam slowly, incrementally, over various different songs, some of which I know, some of which I don't. And it's like, I'm at the point now where a Pearl Jam song comes along, like, I'm like, yes, great. I, I'm excited to hear this now. I really want to... We might have talked about Pearl Jam more than any other band. Quite potentially. They've come up a lot. I wouldn't right? be surprised. Oh, yeah. Soundgarden, though? Soundgarden, pretty close, <laughs> but I reckon there's been more Pearl Jam songs over no, the think course you, of yeah. the, right. I think, yeah. I, I, the I think podcast. in terms of minutes, we've, we've talked more about Frank Bennett. What the hell am I doing here? 
<laughs> that's, a, that's just for the sheer. Your maiden mine. That's, that's for the sheer unholy joy of it all. Yeah. We've remarked on it before, but the weird thing about that is that this countdown started after Pearl Jam's prime. Like we never got to yeah. talk about Alive or Jeremy or even Flow. Like Pearl Jam's biggest songs happened mm. before all this. So we get to talk about all this other stuff and, yeah, really enjoy this narrative of Pearl Jam kind of finding their way through the mid-90s or whatever. And, and But this is, this, is a, this is a strong point for them, I think. Yeah. I, I definitely think of the, the classic grunge acts Pearl Jam have not necessarily, like, the most staying power because obviously, like, people even now are discovering Nevermind and finding it, like, for the first time and falling in love themselves. But, like, maybe the most the most layers to their discography. Obviously it's good that yeah. they've stuck together and they've made more music than most mm. of them, perhaps all of them. Like that's seemed like the most like I guess academic of the bands of that yeah. era. They're like there's like every time we hear a new like a poem, I'm like I'm not, I'm not the biggest fan, obviously, but like hearing them all, I'm just like there's always something new for me to delve into and find something exciting about Pearl yeah, Jam. I'm like, you know right. what, like, like you're right that it's so easy for them to, to have been your favourite band. And, like, in the same way that, like, those bands that are, that are hugely popular and, like, they're beyond reproach, like your, your Radioheads, for instance. When someone says their favourite band's Radiohead, it's like, to Makes a certain sense. degree, normally choice because they're hugely popular, but also it's like, but obviously correct choice obviously, for some people. Yeah, and right. same with Pearl Jam. Like, mm. not so much now, but like, because I guess like they're like an older band. Um, but like in 996, if someone was like, yeah, well, like I loved them all for a long time and then we get a Pearl Jam tattoo, you'd be like, fucking A, man. I see yeah. why. Yeah. 100%. Lee from Lee the Bassist in Totally Unicorn has a Pearl Jam tattoo and the guys give him so much shit. <laughs> really? <laughs> what, what, what is the tattoo? It, it, the little stick figure, dude. Uh, it'd be much <laughs> I wish funnier. It was, I wish it was Eddie playing two tambourines. I really <laughs> do. I wish it was a niche one like the avocado. <laughs> oh, oh my God. Remember when we looked that up and we're just like, fuck, people actually got that. Yeah, that is spectacular. <laughs> <laughs> and on, like uh, I'm trying to be a better person and like not like as they say like I want to yuck your yum like if somebody is into this thing that is pure and they love it and that's really good but also I'm just like but though <laughs> come on man like, for, yeah you're like just... I don't have to like everything it's fine but then also <laughs> exactly everyone doesn't have to like this thing <laughs> yeah but it's like <laughs> Oh man, that reminds me of that time we were just like, fuck, you could think up any like random opinion about anything, type it into Google and like, there'd be at least someone who thinks that. It was just like, the Simpsons movie is my favourite movie. Yeah. A thousand results. Oh, yeah. Seriously? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Yep. The Simpsons movie is my favourite episode of The Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Somehow that becomes worse. Yes. <laughs> it's my favourite movie. My favourite ACDC song is Hail Caesar. <laughs> 25 billion results. <laughs> nice dot ping. The definitive version of Creep is by Frank Bennett. <laughs> <laughs> One result. No, your computer. FrankBennett.com. <laughs> this is this is a good um, user has been banned for yeah. this search query. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this song rips. It, it's super. It's super catchy. Super fun. Like probably a Google search will prove otherwise. But I don't think it's anyone's favorite. Pearl Jam song, but you like, know what? This, it this might is... be one of my favorites to be talked about. A Pearl really? Jam so far. Yeah, I really like this one. Fair call. Yeah, it's just one of those things. That it, like I reckon you drop this like 25, 30 minutes into the set. I reckon this would be a hard one to sing along to. They don't try and do that. You know they yeah. did a Pearl Jam. Yeah, no, Every Pearl Jam fan thinks they do the best Eddie Vedder impression. It's true. Dee is pretty good, though. It's not bad. 
I think it'd be very good. I'm surely Eddie Vedder has done that, like jo- <laughs> joked around <laughs> with his missus, like just like jokingly be like, hey, 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 because that's part of being an adult is knowing the '90s alt rock voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah he yeah, must yeah. have jokingly done that voice at some point, surely. like with his friends or yeah. his well, wife got, or his no, kids. With, with, like, with, like, I think you're dead right. With his wife, yeah. he was yeah. wearing his Mr. Plow jacket. She's like, do the Eddie Vedder voice, honey. I'm not comfortable with this. Being a simulacra of myself. We all know how it goes. So you've got the old rock voice and then the post grunge voice. So the old rock voice obviously is Eddie going, red hum, red hum. Then you do the exact same voice, but you keep your teeth clenched. The next evolution is, of course, the new metal voice. Oh, so that, the, that next, the next step on from that. Oh, so are we talking like Jonathan David? Like, we are. Ride, <laughs> ride, I was thinking more. That was very good, like, mental connection between you guys. Are we talking Jonathan Depp? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. This has been Masterclass yeah, with David James Young. Talk like this and the buses <laughs> and in the chorus <laughs> the actors in the chorus Hottest hundreds you. of thousands. We know music. I think, uh, nothing sounds with David New Middle Project went. I'm fucking, I'm dizzy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's fair. Yeah, you just expel a huge amount of oxygen from your body. <laughs> Hail Deej. Hail Deej the Deej. <laughs> <laughs> Good. You guys ready? Yes. Yeah. Tom? Damn I'm ready. <laughs> don't want to be. I think all three of you need to help me on this one. Let's just leave it there. There's four, goddammit! I was actually going to come in as well. That's why you're not Tom. What? Come in now! And number 46, it's Rage Against the Machine with Bulls Up Turn of Rage Against the Machine. It's a song called Bulls on Parade. Adam, yeah. you've, ra- you've rallied around several families in your lifetime. Mm. Tell me, 
about this song. One of those families was Rage Against the Machine. Yeah, uh, they're a little family in their own right. Look, yeah. I have been looking forward to talking about this track ever since I learned that we were doing this thing as a thing. Like <laughs> back in, like it's like, oh, we're looking at the 1993 countdown, but what do we get to talk about later on? If oh, we continue like, to do this, this thing called life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, sick! Eventually in life, I will get to talk about <laughs> Bulls on Parade by Rage about Against this the thing Machine, called a song that I don't know about yet. <laughs> You know you could have done that at any point, right? And I have. <laughs> I, I have talked to... I have extolled the virtues of Balls on Parade by Rage Against the Machine so many times during my life because what do Andrew and I have in common in this episode? We are both talking about the first band that we ever fucking loved. Lovely. And that is Rage Against the Machine for me. Um, and honestly, like... And I definition am, of sound was... That was me. Yeah, that was me and you, yeah. <laughs> I am so, so thankful that this was the first band that introduced me to music in a way. I mean, I was into a bit of music prior to this, but this is the first band I liked in high school, which I think is super, super important. Um, it was introduced to me by a guitar teacher. I don't know whether I've talked about this the last time um, I talked about Creation of the Machine, but he he was teaching me some, some riffs because, like, honestly... The 90s alt-rock scene was the best time for riffs and Rage Against the Machine were probably the best band at riffing. Like, I will go, I'll go so hard against anyone who says that the, some of the best riffs of all time are not owned by this band. They 100% are. <laughs> and the, my guitar teacher was the one who informed that opinion by teaching me those riffs and by lending me the copy of uh, Rage Against the Machine self-titled that, um, that I first had. And I sat on that for a while, but I eventually moved into the discography. Of course, discovered Evil Empire, which is where this album came off. Still to this day... Would not be alone in thinking that this is one of Rage Against the Machine's best cuts. Super stoked to learn a bit of trivia about this song that I was not aware of, but this actually made its debut on January 25th, 1996 at the Big Day Out in Sydney. Oh. We are the spiritual Look, I, 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 home. I know the video feats fully from that performance. Yeah, but, yeah, that was where it was debuted. Nice. Um, and then it was uh, it made its international debut on Saturday Night Live in April 1996. Now, Rage Against the Machine at that time were going to play two songs but they played this song and hung inverted American flags on their amplifiers and someone from the backstage just yelled, shut it down, shut, <laughs> shut it down, get them off. It was also so, the same... Are, are these guys making a political statement? Yeah, well, yeah. that's not oh why we God. came here. <laughs> well, Rage against the what? <laughs> the same night they had a Republican presidential candidate on the show on Saturday Night Live. So whoever programmed that... No, is, they knew what they yeah, were Yeah, well, I... Honestly, like, shutting down a Rage... That's the best thing you can do. That's like, that, yeah, yeah. What a, you know, whoever was in charge of all that is that's just playing into Rage's hand. Yeah, like, pretty much in a really wonderful way. Pretty much, yeah. I hadn't considered it like that, but you know, okay, this song, it's ours. Yeah. We got the spiritual home of it. It's it's my spiritual home. Nice. In this, <laughs> it's like it's a, it's a local track. If I had heard plenty of other music before hearing Rage Against the Machine, I still think that crisp snare hit and that massive octave oh. riff would still floor me. But for that to be like one of the one of the first like musical moments that really made an impact on me has kind of set the tone for how exciting music can be from that point on. And I and I looking back on that when I'm listening to this track going like, yeah, like this is like a track that's informed my love of big music, big sounds, huge energy, which is something that has informed my taste from from that point on. Like everyone in the band is in great great form here. I mean, the riff Tom Morello's solo has been puzzled over by guitarists ever it's since incredible. it first came down. Mm. Like, I mean, he's a, he's a masterful guitarist and he did some things with the guitar that are so, so inventive that few people have really kind of stepped up to. Uh, in this particular one, he's actually switching 
between pickups, one of which is activated, one of which is not, in the similar way that a DJ scratches. And you can, yeah. like... Mm. I'm, maybe there are some people listening now who didn't realise that that's a guitar doing that. But there were certainly times when I, as a kid, was listening to The Rage of the Machine and someone had to actually point out to me, yeah, you know, he's doing that with a guitar. I was like, what? So inventive. Uh, so amazing. Worth zooming in on Zach De La Rocca's performance in this track as well. Yeah. His best flow pre-Run the Jewels is probably <laughs> on this. The run that he has where he's like, uh, weapons, not food, not homes, not shoes, not need, just feed. So them. good. That flow is stellar. And the way that he he brings it into the first, like the next idea on the ahead of the beat, super good. Come with it now is at the beginning. Man, it does everything right. It's it's a masterpiece. It's a true masterpiece of rock. What I what I think is interesting about his flow in this is um not so much like obviously it's technically crazy, but just like it it doesn't sound like he's rapping. It's it, it sounds like yeah. he's ranting at a political rally where it yeah. works so well. Like it's such a poetry to that too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Precisely. Yeah, it's, yeah. It, it, it's really poetry. It's almost like the vocals are recorded totally separately without him having heard any beats, but, like, obviously that's not what he does. But he weaves in and out of the beats so fucking well here that, like, that works for the the song so fantastically. And it works really well for the content. Like, we, uh, particularly you and I, Andrew, we talked during uh, the Killing in the Name discussion that, like, Mm. the lyrics and the politics of that song kind of, we think, well, you know, fall short, you know, through just how slogany they come off and... Mm. what that song song has become. Which is weird because I want to highlight this point again because I was so surprised to discover and I think it's something that people need to talk about more. It's so specific in what it's about being the Rodney King and, and, exactly. yeah, and the whole and that, LA that just makes at that, that time. That just lifts it so much. It lets, it lets Zach show off lyrically as well. Like the lyrics are fantastic, but mm. they also have a specificity and it's not like, it's not pure sloganism like Killing in the Name is. And so yeah. that just lifts it to this thing where it can be you know, this big political song that doesn't come across as as cheesy or, you know, whatever. Also, I think I've just seen fewer rooms of, like, white kids in suit jumping around to the song <laughs> yeah. that I have of Killing. But, yeah. Like, chug-a-chug of the rhythm section is so fucking filthy. Like, the bass and <laughs> oh, yeah. like, yeah. it is yeah. it, it is like pure filth. It is so heavy. <laughs> That's when the like, rhythm section really becomes the rhythm section. Mm, yeah. Because, yeah. yeah, you got the bass going bam, 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 and then, like, lining up directly with those snare hits. That snare is tuned so tight. It has that great sound that really excellent snares have of, like, yeah. it's, it's, it sounds like paper with resonance. Like, they're like yeah, that yeah, huge yeah. kind of, like... Like, Brad's never... Uh, Adam, I should say, uh, has never had like a a really big flashy kit, you know, snare, mm. rack tom, floor tom, ride, crash, hi hat. The flashiest extra bit they've ever had is the the two jam blocks in um mm. fucking killing in the name of like that. <laughs> That's it, you know. But even then, like he he is able to make it sound so massive with mm. whatever he does because he's got the same beat going with the snare and the ride. Uh, throughout the verses but when he does the same thing over on an open hi-hat it's just it's just mammoth just hearing the kind of gasp of those those two symbols together like it just absolutely works there is no no one like them like you couldn't take anyone out of that band and replace them with someone else you Mm. know because they're so Mm. identifiable yeah Something that I, I remember reading uh, when they uh, reformed in back in like 07. Yeah, yeah. whatever that was. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They talked about it was the case in the 90s, but the same when they sort of got back together, 
they whenever they got to the, the jam room or whatever, they wouldn't like go to their instruments or whatever. Like it was kind of. They, I think the line was it was always a race to the drums. Like whoever got in first <laughs> would be playing drums because yeah. they just wanted to do that. Like, but they constantly moved around, and it was just everyone playing whatever they felt like. And I think that really helps build this idea of of how important and and creative each of those instruments are, but also how they feed so well into one cohesive song. Yeah, for sure. I think like, it's a really cool idea. I, I just yeah, I remember reading it. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it's just like it's so good. I like yeah. the, the, the space around each instrument as well. I think like whoever did the the engineering on this song, and I guess Evil Empire in general. And there are other records as well. Like, it was a really fucking professional like, recording engineer because, like, this it sounds really, like, almost as if... It's particularly with the guitar, but, like, with all of them as well. It's just, like the mic is, like, like two feet farther away than you'd expect it to be. Like, and mm. it, it rings out and gives everything a sense of space and, like, the fact that it's mixed so well regardless of that. It doesn't sound like it's a live record at all, but it, there's a there's an energy to it all that, ring, that, like, everything has its chance to breathe and expand as the song goes on. It's just, yeah. I think I prefer Evil Empire to self-titled. Yeah, right, um, okay. Yeah, and I think I prefer Battle of LA to all of them. Oh, um, right. And then, obviously, Renegades is the fourth. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, Nick Dedea right. uh, was the guy who uh, engineered this yeah. record. Well, Nick, uh, American guy who now lives in Australia. Fucking A. Well, Nick, if you're listening, yeah. and we know you are, you're a hell of an engineer. Um, it's worked with uh, good uh, friends of mine, and, uh, uh, by extension, friends of the show, Sleep Makes Waves. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah cool. He's great. worked on their last two records. Fucking a, good yeah, stuff. Really, really They are well engineered records as well. Evil Empire in general, like, there's a lot to revisit, and this song it's not even worth mentioning that's one of their best songs because obviously it is yeah. like, it's it's ridiculous like for all <laughs> the points that are like, like it's fun and it's there's so many layers to break down about why this works as a piece of excellent political music like it's, it's worth breaking those layers down but like on a superficial like lizard brain level it just fucking kicks my ass and yeah. it's so good it's heaps of fun and I like feeling it on my body like it's fucking awesome pretty yeah, fuck much yeah, yeah. yeah. That brings us to the end of yet another episode of Hottest 100s and Thousands. Thank you for listening. Thanks to FBI Radio for having us. It's unanimous, it's right? Unanimous. It has to be unanimous. Oh, okay. We'll say title of the song and not the band name. Uh, okay. Of worst and favorite. Um, okay. Okay, yeah. Wor- okay. Worst on three. One, two, three. Past lives. lives. Oh, we said the wrong thing. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, Brad. We, we had we, one we, job. We covered off on this. <laughs> <laughs> Best on three. One, two, three. Bulls Bulls on on Parade. parade. Come with it now. If you like what you're hearing, uh, don't forget to rate and review and subscribe over on iTunes. Away from that, uh, you can find us on Twitter at Hottest100s100s. On behalf of Brad Wilk. (laughs) Yeah, okay. I'm I'm happy to be (laughs) here. He's he's great. Everyone in that band is great. That band is great. That's right. On behalf of Mr. Tim Comerford, a.k.a. Tim2K, a.k.a. Tim.com. Tim.com. Yeah, baby. And on behalf of Tom Morello. Waka waka. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> you see, you <laughs> Tom Morello, this is what he does. He turns into Fozzie and Fozzie yeah. Bear. <laughs> waka waka, mate. Oh, my God. He's that that really waka waka. My name is Zach Delarocca. Everything is good for you. Come with it now. Waka 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 waka